Hello and welcome to episode 244 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. It's the long walk hurdle at Ascot on Saturday, with some of racing's favourite stairs back in action once again. We also take a look at the best of the Haydock race card, as well as Boxing Day's King George, plus Wednesday's Marathon Welsh Grand National. City AM Racing editor Bill Esdale previews the best of the Christmas racing action, plus Wally Pyra looks ahead to the meeting in Hong Kong at Sha Tin Racecourse that takes place on Saturday this week. So we're getting ready for Christmas this year. Got a Saturday of action at Ascot and Haydock. And then we'll have a quick look at the King George, uh, which is on Tuesday this year, and the Welsh National that comes up on Wednesday. So a bit of Kempton and Chepstow for the big races. I know you've previewed some of those in your anti-post column as well on City AM in the paper this week. So we'll uh, go and reflect on on those couple of races ahead of the, this Christmas. There doesn't seem to be any snow coming around this year, Bill. So a bit of rain. What do you reckon the ground's going to be like? Well, the ground at Ascot is going to be really nice. I mean, there's no rain forecast there at all. And, you know, we're, we're talking about good to soft, good in places there. Uh, so unseasonably nice, nice ground there. And the same again for Kempton when Boxing Day comes around. You know, you're looking at good to soft, good in places there. But hey, lots filthy. That's going to be heavy ground out there for this weekend. Um, there's rain due. It's already heavy in places there. And there's there's rain due. So that that's going to be hard work. So you definitely need the canoes out at, at Haydock. But the rest of the stuff's all, all fine, unseasonably good ground. Let's have a look to Ascot. Now, they've been messing around Ascot, moving races around. We understand that the 150, which is now a seven-runner Howden Handicap Chase over two miles three, is probably going to be on ITV, even though it's not scheduled to be. But as you mentioned to me just before we came on air, the Tommy Whittle at Haydock is at one thirty. That is on ITV. So let's have a look at the 150 in the presumption it will be on the TV. And it's, as I say, it's seven runners. Triple Trade is going to be uh, fairly popular alongside Cap du Matin. So we've got a Joe Tizard run here with Brendan Powell on board, who won at Cheltenham in November, up against Cap du Matin for the all-conquering Nichols Cobden Yard, who was uh, pulled up at Sandown and finished fourth to Boot Hill at Ascot. Black Jerry's in there with Harper's Brook. But you, there's one you liked in this uh, 150, I think. Yeah, no, funny enough, it was the 115, uh, the three-runner graduation chase that, that I was hoping was, was going to be the TV race, but they switched yeah. it because it was only the three runners. Um, but actually, it's on Sky at 115, and it's a two-miles-five graduation. Uh, there was a couple of non-runners or, or, or horses that... Uh, Jello of of Phoenicia's runs on Friday, so so that that didn't declare. So they obviously thought it wouldn't make a great spectacle for 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 terrestrial TV. But um, it's a really interesting race because it's two miles five that one fifteen race, and you've got a heavy odds on favourite in Solo, um, who just isn't that trustworthy a horse. Um, you know, he was second to Alexia Denix at Exeter in the Holden Gold Cup. That's really good form, but he didn't look that willing a partner and. You know, if you remember this horse, he was touted as as um, as being the kind of second coming once upon a time earlier in his career, and he just hasn't really, really delivered. People will remember he was he was the horse that that won the um, 
Adonis at Kempton by 13 lengths on his debut in the, in the UK and suddenly was made kind of four to one favourite for the transfer uh, where he went and finished 10th behind Bernie Victory and hasn't really set the world alight since and, and um, even chasing, there's one piece of form last well, back in February when he beat That's All Right Gino, Gino in the Pendle when everything went right over two miles, four and a half. Um, but then came out, was pulled up at, behind Hewick at, at Sandown again in April and then was beaten at Exeter. Look, he probably win. And I use the word probably, but he's just not one of these these kind of safe, safe, safe horses. And you've also got Straw Fan Jack who who's got bits and pieces of form, but got to prove he stays this far. This is the furthest he's gone. Um, and the Petrogate seemed to go to zero, turning in behind Pictori last time. I'm not sure he'll totally see out the trip. So for me, there was just a, a really fun bet was Excello, the rank outside of the Henderson Hall, seven to one, complete outside of the three. He might not be good enough. And to be honest, I'd be a bit surprised if he beat Solo. But from a betting point of view, there's no way one should be four to six and one should be seven to one. Um, third on his debut with Ascot, uh, uh, Ascot over, over this kind of trip on good ground but he would want the ground to be a little bit softer than it's going to be that's that's a given um but i just think it's worth a, worth a few quid at seven to one just the outside of three i think he could he could run well as long as the ground doesn't get too quick but i think it might be a bit softer than than they they led on but that's the 115 back to the 150 which is the original question you asked a, a, com, a, a competitive kind of seven runner handicap chase typical Ascot kind of fair um you know these horses can often take it in turns and you know triple trade has been very busy this season he's been running to a really good level uh, a couple of good runs at cheltenham and a good run behind boot hill at ascot um his marks one three five Look, it was a good run behind boot hill he was third that that day uh led and was just kind of reeled in um whether the handicappers got him or not i'm not totally sure um wasn't a race i had the strongest of views i could certainly make a case out for eden to who first time out's the time to catch him and he's had his win done um you know, you can slightly forget what is what, you know, his 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 recent record. You know, form figures one p two p. Look, he he's he's good after a break. Um, I could certainly make a case out for him, but he's single figures now, and he's just a little bit unreliable. And look, you can go round in circles in this race. I keep stakes very small. If I had to play, I'd probably play Captain Matan. He's a horse that ran really well at Ascot on his reappearance run. Look, he doesn't find winning easily. He was fourth in the Boot Hill race that we were just talking about. Um, I know the other Boot Hill race, sorry, the, the, the previous one where St. Seagull was third and first flow was second. Um, he travelled into the race well and just kind of looked to blow up a bit and fitness probably wasn't on his side. I think the better ground will help him. He was a winner at Exeter last year on good ground and ran well at Wincanton on good ground. Handicap has given him a bit of a chance. He's dropped him from 135 to 133. Harry Cobden, Paul Nichols, Saturday. They love booting winners. I thought Captain Mattown, 130, was probably the way to play the 150. And the website's just updated. That is on ITV4 now. So uh, they have oh. listened to you already. Fantastic news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 225 is pretty much the feature, isn't it? It's the Grade 1 Howden Long Walk Hurdle over the extended three miles with 10 runners. West Balboa, she's been in fine form. Good couple of wins at Aintree by five and by 12 lengths. Last time she beat Brewing Up a Storm, very convincingly for the skeletons. Crambo goes for Fergal O'Brien. He's got uh, Jonathan Burke on for the first time, taking over from Connor Brace. This horse was also a winner at Aintree. That was uh, in October and finished third to Slate Lane 
most recently at Haydock. Champs in the race as well for Nicky Henderson. Good old Paisley Park and the 11-year-old who nearly beat Dashiell Drasher last time. They both reopposed from that Newbury race, which was terrific to watch. That was the the long-distance hurdle there. And uh, Gary Moore has got Botox hat in there as well. Blue King Doro, Red Risk, also another Paul Nicholson's. Uh, and, and Goshen's in there too, along with Gal Road. It's a lovely race because we love them all, don't we? We know them all very well. But she's been in great form, West Balboa. I mean, what she actually beat last time is is questionable. Um, but look, she's informed. She deserves a crack at this. Um, she proved an entry. She stays stays this far. She gets the allowances. Uh, it's 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 a kind of changing of the guard this race. You've got the three old boys in Dashiell Drasher, Paisley Park and Champ. Dashiell Drasher probably won't let me call an old boy, but the Paisley Park and Champ, both 11 years old. Um, you know, kind of previous winners of this race. Dashiell, uh, Paisley Park's won it three times. Champ won it into it back in 2021. So um, those two in particular, Paisley Park and Champ, have, you know, four long walks between them. And what they face is the changing of the guard, the new guard, the West Balboas, the Crambos, that haven't achieved it yet, but they're priced up as if they are the, the incumbents ready to take over. And what we have, the dilemma we have as punters is whether we stick with the old or we go with the new. Now, in West Balboa, you've got a mayor who is very, very progressive. Um, what she beat last time is questionable, like, a, like, a, like I mentioned, and the ground wasn't great. And she's got to prove that she can do it on this kind of ground. Um, she won that valuable handicap at Aintree um, last year. And that was, you know, good to softish ground, but it's Aintree ground. It was fairly decent. And, um, you know, that gives you encouragement that she'll be okay on, on better conditions. But the ground wasn't great at Aintree in November. And she's got to come here and, and prove it. And look, she might well be the one. She gets a seven pounds. Uh, look, It'd be interesting to see if she can take that that step up. Whether she's quite good enough, I don't know. There's a, there's a question mark for me. Uh, Crambo is obviously the interesting one. Uh, everyone will remember back in 2017, Sam Spinner winning the Haydot race and then coming here and taking the step up in his stride. And here we've got something similar in Crambo, rated in the 140s, stepping into grade one company who caught the eye. Uh, when given a peculiar ride by Connor Brace. I think you and I had exchanged text messages um, after that Haydock run. It was all a bit strange, and he's paid for that um, because he's not riding it. Jonathan Burt steps in, proven grade one jockey, to take the ride. And Crambo's got to prove that he is a grade one horse here, but look, you know, he's he's priced up as if he is, and he hasn't yet proved he is. So, again, it's a tricky one, to whether you want to take 3-1 to one or 7-2 Crambo when when he hasn't quite yet proved himself. I think he's the most likely winner. If I could own one going into this race, it would be Crambo. Uh, if I could back one, would it definitely be him? I'm not not so sure. Um, I respect Champ first run back from a, for a wind up, and you know, I definitely respect Paisley Park. I think it's a fascinating race. It's not a race I'm going to have a huge betting involvement in because I think you can make a case out for plenty of them. Um, I'm going to stick with Paisley Park. I was at Newbury uh, when he won, when he was second to Dashiell Drastri. He would have won another stride a few weeks back. Uh, he's done that, this kind of stepping stone in the past and was second to, to champ at Newbury and then went on and won this race when it was running at Kempton um, a couple of years back. I just think he's going to run 
run well. Um, I think he's or year, but last year it was. Um, I think at six to one, I think he's rock solid. Um, I think he'll be in the frame. I think he'll get running late. And yeah, Paisley Park's the way I want to play it. There was loads of money for him at Newbury. So he's obviously in good form. He doesn't know his age. Um, yeah, I think it's a fascinating race. I wouldn't be surprised if Cranbo won, but my bet would be Paisley Park each way. Cranbo should have won that Haydock race. He was far too far back. I mean, I did send you a text after I remember now saying a few things. Uh, one of them was he should have won that blinking race because he was staying on at the end. I don't know why he was so far yeah. back, but anyway, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that happens sometimes. But yeah. We'll see. He's in level company now. Interesting mm. to see how he gets on on Saturday. It's always a cracking race to stay as, isn't it? So we'll look yeah. forward to that. Uh, 2.25, 3 o'clock, we've got uh, the Silver Cup handicap chase over three miles. Field of 11, Blackjack Magic for Anthony Honeyball, who's won three, was pulled up in one of them as well. New Toxeter got pulled up when trying three miles behind Autonomous Cloud. It made a mistake on that occasion. It was pulled up soon afterwards. We've got Yeah Man comes over from Ireland for Gavin Cromwell. Some of those horses of Gavin Cromwell's have been just winning out of hand, but he's had a couple recently, I think, that haven't quite done it, and this horse fell last time out. Venetia could run anything at the moment, and it'd have a great chance. Victorino is the top weight of 12 stone, though, here, coming up to Ascot on Saturday. How did you see the 3 o'clock? Uh, had to preview this race anti-post earlier in the week and put up kit make of uh, Jamie Snowden's progressive seven-year-old at kind of eight uh, has rattled up a sequence of wins, a hat trick um, of wins, including um, when he beat Super Survivor, who's one of the I think favourite for the Welsh National now um, at Lingfield last time. Did it comfortably? Looks progressive. Um, hasn't yet reached the ceiling of of his ability. There's still eights around um, at the moment. That just it just seems fair. I, I totally get Blackjack Magic. He was good at Wincanton and it's progressive. And yeah, man might well have gone very close to really in Victorino at Ascot last time if he'd stayed on his feet. If he should have, could have, would have. Victorino's no forlorn hope. Only a four pound higher mark. Um, but look, I, I think this is a trappy race. Um, I'm happy with the get maker position at eight. Um, if I was to add one, I'd probably swing the bat a bit. I think it's one of those weekends to swing the bat a few of the biggest price because if you land one, it pays for the rest of them. But I'd give Larry a bit of a squeak, the old boy, the 10-year-old for Gary Moore with Tom Cannon riding. Um, he's now been given a bit of a chance by the handicapper. He's been dropped another couple of pounds from his reappearance run at Sandown. He's, he's back <laughs> to a mark of 133, which is only, only a pound higher than last November when he beat Smarty Wild and Pals at this course over three miles on the very similar ground. Um, look, he, he hasn't shown much of late to suggest he's in that form, um, but he hasn't shown much to suggest he's not in greatest, you know, goodish form. He was third at the back end of April to, to two for gold here um, and Ascot and previously run well at Newbury. Um, Gary Moore's horse has just started to hit some good form. I just thought 16 to one was too big. So I'll stick with Gitmaker. I've got plenty of respect for the top lot, the Victorinos and the Blackjack Magic, Magics, but I'm going to play Larry. Larry each way at 16s um, with Gitmaker each way at eights. Small stakes, but I think one of them might run very well. Gary Moore had a horse 33 to one overnight. 
went off six to four favourite and won. Tom Queeley on board, pretty much hands and heels at Lingfield on the flat. I did, I, I did see that, and they're starting to hit good form, and, and, mm. and they really are to be with when they hit good form. Yeah, yeah, and he has a load of them as well. Look forward to that one. Three thirty-five. Then it's just about two miles. Uh, it is a handicap hurdle, and Iberico Lord for Nicky Henderson and JP Colours was pretty Im- impressive when winning at uh, Cheltenham. Won the Great Wood. Won that very nicely. Jumped pretty well too on that occasion. One by two and a half lengths. Takes on Alto Belli for Harry Fry. Uh, a couple of horses that didn't run recently when they were due to Impotois, another Nicky Henderson JP horse is one of those, and another Nicky Henderson horse as well, Lucia. Uh, she's due to line up as well up against Hansard, who's from that very own Gary Moyard. William Ollinsbrin's one over as well. It's only a matter of time, owned by Paul Byrne. So I suppose we have to watch out for the move on that. But nothing wrong with the Berico Lords run at Cheltenham, was there? He he is the one that you know. There's a graded performer in here. It's him. I mean, he just tanked his way through um, through the the, the Great Wood last time and did it in the style of of a very very good horse. And you know, Nick Henson made no no secrets about the regard in in which he held this horse. So I remember all the way back in that when he when he ran in the supreme supreme trial um last year and bombed out for first time up um slipped and had a problem with his breathing and then he then he kind of fell behind a rare edition at, at kempton and you just thought this was the kind of flashy french horse but typical henderson they did his wind and they kind of brought him back and and was an impressive winner at, at stratford i think it was and then, and then was just touched off at Soundown. but another kind of Summer under his back, and he just came back with a completely different horse off one two six at Cheltenham, and he's up to one three four. You you just know he's not a one three four horse. Um, and when you talk about this horse being potentially being a graded horse, you look at it and you think, what could he be? He could easily be a one fifty five horse, maybe more, and he's running off one three four. And if he is, he'll dot up, but. That's a big if, and there's a horse who's got fragility with his wind, and there's a horse who's, you know, the stables put the other one in as well, in Poitois, who's another Hendo, JP, you know, flashy, rattle up a couple of wins. Um, it's a bit of a puzzle, this race. Let's cover it anti-post, and we put up Altabelli for Harry Fry, because what Altabelli is, is he's straightforward and he's well handicapped. Whether he's got quite the class of a Berico Lord is a bit of a head-scratcher, but he is a horse that massively caught the eye. Um, he, he was kind of got a bit, a bit stuck in the mud, like, like we all did in that ancient race when Rare Edition was out of the back, and he was ninth in the pocket. But he caught the eye last time on ground that's probably... F- too soft for him I'd have thought to uh, ask it when he was second to Knickerbock and Glory but he travelled well probably need it only gone up a pound you just know with someone like Harry Fry that this is a 140 plus horse and he's running off 132 so he's well handicapped he was 8 to 1 at the beginning of the week um, and 7s when, when we put him up on, on Tuesday and Wednesday um, look he's into 5s now I still think he's worth having on side um, I think the market's got it spot on I know people are chipping away and making cases out for Lucia and Nimi and Lion, um, you know, cases for all those. I think it's between the top two of Berico Lord and Altabelli. I think 
I honestly feel they'll finish first and second. We're on Alta Belly. Um, hopefully people have followed and, and, and taken some some of the sevens. If you've got the sevens, I just have a small saver on Iberico Lord at seven to two um, or three to one, whatever the best price is now, because he just could be the X factor in here. And um, it, that's just just worth having a, a kind of save. So I, I'm not deserting Alta Belly now, but I definitely have a saver on Iberico Lord. Let's go to Haydock then. A couple of races on TV up there. As we mentioned at one thirty, it's the uh, Tommy Whittle Handicap Chase. Three miles, one and a half furlongs here. And Famous Bridge comes back, having won over course and distance in November in the famous Hemmings Racing Colours. Nicky Richards trains Sean Quinn and the jockey on board that day. He rides again on Saturday, takes on Credo. Elena Bob for Venetia Williams. And Encard is in there, having had the wind up two runs ago he won straight after it uh, on the 8th of november but um a lot to like about famous bridge and if he turns up like he did on the 25th of november he could easily win this one again could do um it's it, it feels a, a a tougher race um we had a bit of luck in this race two years ago when um uh in guard won it bolted up we put him up at kind of 12s and 14s and he won at eights um be, be remastered and he he's he's certainly very interesting the race was a bit of a head scratcher because you've got kind of famous bridge credo and eleanor bob all kind of locking horns again they were all in a heap in the mud and it's going to be the same kind of thing they're all going to be treading water and um the stuart matron's going to be doing is it's hard work um changing perplexions and all the kind of stuff and and it's when you make mistakes and all that kind of stuff and i i didn't have a strong enough view on the top lot and by the top lot i mean famous british credo and la bob and in god to to want to be with any of them and that sounds a bit silly uh famous bridge is obviously progressive he's gone up and this is a bit tougher um you can certainly see the three pound swing with credo giving him a chance to kind of reverse that form Ella Bob won on Venetia Williams Day there last time when she won with everything and and um, she just seemed to kind of cry enough a little bit late off whether that's fitness or stamina I don't know and it's the if it's the stamina question it would worry me but I could see a case um, for her Lucy Turner's taking five pounds off so they obviously you know want to give her a squeak or a chance of of, of getting close to to the to the front guards and then with on on card it's just a question of up four pounds for winning last time just makes it a tiny bit harder um off off one two seven now look when when he won it um he was off a off a one pound higher mark so you can certainly make the case for on card but i am going to swing the bat at something at a much bigger price than this and it's it's my old friend <laughs> dr kananga who, who I followed over a cliff a bit last season because I felt there was a big one in him. And the big one in him might well be on soft ground and it might well be here at Haydock. And he's had his win done. Um, this was a horse that um, caught my eye on a number of occasions last year and he, he went off eight to one for the Beecher chase, jump for fun before kind of falling in a hole. And... I quietly fancied Dr. Kananga for um, the Cheltenham race, the Kim Muir. I thought he'd get into a lovely rhythm. I put him up that day um, and he jumped left. He, he led for, for a bit and then just um, 
he got headed four out and then fell in a bit of hole. But it was actually a better run than 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 his finishing position suggests. He kind of, <laughs> I thought he ran out of puff, but he may just have run out of of stamina. The stamina is still. Um, if 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 the breathing works, the stamina will work. And I go back to the fourth of February last year when he won on bottomless ground, and I mean bottomless ground at Chepstow over three and a quarter miles. He beat Wayfinder, who we're going to discuss in a bit. He's a Welsh national horse, um, and Volcano, and anyone that can keep on out galloping them can certainly handle conditions. Um, he's a lot higher in the handicap now, but he's had his win done. Uh, Stable have had a winner already in the last few weeks. Um, Alan Johns takes the ride. <coughs> I thought 14s was too big. Um, and one of my kind of bigger fancies of the weekend. It's funny to have a bigger fancy a horse that will probably blow out. But I think at 14s, I could see this horse going off a single figure price. I hope he goes off a single figure price and the money comes for him. And I can see him just running really well from the front and getting into a rhythm. Um, and I want to hear... Stuart Mates and say, still, Dr. Canango, uh, the good doctor, it's the right tonic. He's taking his medicine and all this kind of stuff. Uh, still powering on, but I don't want to see the good doctor folding. Um, I'd like to see um, uh, the doctor just keep on running and keep on galloping. And at 14 to 1, I'm prepared to take a chance. It's not a, it's not a terrific race. They'll all be queuing up to take him on, but they might just not get near him because he is a brilliant jumper on his day and gets into a rhythm. And the jumping left should be okay around Haydock. And as long as he can, his jumping sticks and his breathing sticks, um, I think 14 could look massive four out um and then you have, you'll have a squeaky bum moment as they come to the second last and the last but i'm hoping he's still there and still powering on and um hopefully he does enough i think we're gonna to have to get Stuart machin on the podcast just to defend himself one day get you his own back and start start picking on you <laughs> the good doctor serves it up to them at adoc he's <laughs> taking his medicine that'd be brilliant can't wait for that just just what the doctor ordered. <laughs> it's Dr. Kananga by 10 coming to the last. Stuart, if you're listening, there are a few tips for you there. Don't worry. Just carry on. Um, and then we'll look at the 205 as well, where Stuart Machin will probably be calling this one out. And I bet he's calling Jaguar uh, towards the front for Ollie Greenall and Josh Guerrero. Just failed to win on his UK debut entry and then missed a couple of hurdles there towards the end so they had a pretty long flat run and just got beat on the line by in the water side by a head and that's his second run now in the uk in the jp colors we've got this Bois gilbert going for lucinda russell with stephen mulqueen on board who finished third behind blue king Dotto at cheltenham and others in that 205 which is a, a two-mile handicap hurdle but jaguar it's a bit unlucky you know what it's like we had rare edition Last week, he finished a really close-up third. They took up all the fences, all the hurdles in his case, and they did the same for Jaguar as well. Yeah, he's um, Jaguar's actually got an entry at Ascot on, on Friday, and he's actually just been pulled out this morning, so he, he will run here. And this is the right race room. And it was a bit of a head-scratcher if he hadn't been pulled out because he's the most likely winner and you didn't want him to be a non-runner. Um, Bois Gilbert will definitely give him a race, uh, but... Like you say, went into every notebook possible. Fair mark, 119. Kevin Brogan, good jockey. Ground should be fine. If you look at the French form, it was bottomless at Autoy um, back in October, and he, and he didn't seem that inconvenienced by him. And look, should probably have won last time, and that was two miles four. Um, 
this two miles in the background should be perfect for him. I'd be very surprised if he's not good enough to win this. Um, I actually thought seven to two was quite a fair price. Um, respect Bois Gilbert, respect Bubble Double for whatever it's called. But look, I I, I will stick to to uh, the obvious here. Uh, it's not really a race to get heavily involved in, but I'd be surprised if Jaguar isn't too quick for them. If I think if you can get seven to two, three to one, that's not a bad price, is it, for a horse with so much potential? Yeah, totally. So much potential off a fair mark. You just you just yeah. look at a horse like Jaguar and think, 119, he's better than that. He's, yeah. he's better than that, and he handles bad ground. And for that reason, I'd be surprised if he doesn't start near a 2-1, to 9-4. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a decent bet on the weekend. Um, let's move on to Kempton on Boxing Day then. Uh, I know you previewed the King George, the sixth chase in the anti-post column. It was run over three miles, of course. Not sure how many are going to go in the end. Alaho looks like he's going to be favourite, and he's, you reckon he's going to shorten up, and there'll be no reason to think that's not going to be the case. But um, the win at Clonmel over Janadil was that enough to win a race like this? He was four to one on that time. Brave Man's Game won this race last year. Didn't seem to like the finish at Haydock behind Royal Pagal in the, the Betfair Chase. We've got Shiskin. We don't know if he is even going to turn the right way if he does he could win the real whackers in this race jerry colomb isn't looks like they're going to go staying in ireland gordon elliott decided who was the anti-post favorite not to, to bring him over and hewick's in there he does come over from ireland frodon's in the race as well and royal pagar who did win the betfair chase by six and a half lengths he's a big price isn't he Look, there's there's a seven of them in there and with the decorations to be late, later in the week, and it looks perfect for Alaho. Um, ground's going to be decent. Um, I can see the reason why Jerry Colomb's staying at home because the ground hasn't gone bad for him. Um, I put up Royal Pagai because he was the each way bet, he was the right each way bet, but now there's going to be two places and the ground's drying out. Um, probably wouldn't be as confident about him relishing conditions as much as I would do. There's a bit of rain around on Boxing Day, so it might soften up a bit on the day. Um, look, it's 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 a fascinating contest. There's going to be loads of pace on, because if you look at it, Frodon's going to go forward, and Hewitt's going to go forward, and Raw is going to go forward, and the real Wacker's going to go forward. So there'll be no hiding place, and, you know, Alaho will get a lead into the race. I wouldn't want to take too short a price about Alaho. Brave Man's game's been a bit disappointing this season. Uh, look, I, 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 I would probably stick with Raw Pagai. Um, I think he'll run well. Um, punters, it's just like below that. It's actually now only um, two places each way. But I think a few of the firms will will offer 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 a third place. Um, if there've been eight runners, I might have been tempted to put up Frodon at fifties each way for the for the for the third place but as as that's not going to happen now it makes makes life a little bit tougher but no yeah. I've gone with gone with Rob a guy no reason to change it now i think he'll i think he'll run his his usual solid race but probably likely to be placed at best okay and then the day later on wednesday we have to chepstow for the coral welsh grand national this is a marathon isn't it 3 miles 6 and a half furlongs obviously we don't know the final feel for this but super survivor seems to be the favorite now and now that Monbeg has been taken out i know you mentioned in your anti-post that you didn't fancy the anti-post favorite the question mark here is really about a lot of the the runners whether 
they'll stay the distance. I will do it, Will, because he won it two years ago. And I think the big breakaway was second in it last year. But the, the others have got a bit of an unknown. And I know you put Nasalam up, who won the trial, but the trial's over a shorter trip. How do you figure this one? Very trappy kind of contest this is. Um, the favourite, as you said, came out. I think... Um, I went with Naslam at 10s and he's now 8s. Um, we also put up Wayfinder at 50s and he's now kind of 20, 25s. They, they bring that kind of trial form. Um, I could have done with it being an extra couple of weeks till the race. Handled bad ground. Should run really well. Doesn't look like the best Welsh national of all. If there's one lurky in there who will completely shorten up and potentially be favourite near the day, it's complete unknown. He's ten to one with Paddy Power, and if you can forgive him the bad show, the bad the background will be perfect for him here. And he's the probably the horse I fear the most because I think he's just got that X factor that can run really well. But um, I'll stick with the two we put up. I think they'll run well, um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's it's always a race to look forward to. Okay, so that's uh, looking forward then over the, the Christmas period. Any other races that you liked over Christmas? I mean, there's a fair few. I mean, you know, Kempton and Bolt. Boxing Day is always always a day to to kind of look forward to, and um, I think the the old Corto Star Novices is a, is a is a is a race we can all really look forward to because I don't know whether they're all going to turn up or not. We'll know that at deck stage, but it's normally a race where they they don't turn up. But you've got the French Raider Ile Francais, you've got Hermes Allen, you've got Giovinci, potentially got Classical Dream for Willie Marlins is coming over too. I mean, if those those lot turn up. That's one of the best novices of the season. Yeah. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing how this Ile Francais gets on. Um, the um, Noel George horse uh, that James Reevely rides because it's been unbelievably impressive in France. And, you know, it'd be great to see another real great French chaser come over because we're, we're used to it. You know, the, the older listeners will remember the kind of the fellow and horses like that. And it's great to have yeah. a good French horse over here uh, and to see where they match up with the likes of Hermes Allen and Giovinci. So uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, re- from a betting point of view, I wouldn't have the strongest of views, um, but from a, from a race I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'd say, you know, that's as, that's as, as, as good a race as, as I can remember. Um, if there's one to, to back over the Christmas period or the one that I'm kind of looking at, um, I think the, Paddy's Rewards Club Chase, the Grade One uh, on the twenty seventh at Leperstown. Um, Captain Guinness runs in that. I think it'll be about seven to four, two to one. Um, he was exceptional on his comeback. Captain Guinness um, was really good at Navan. He ran them ragged. I know it wasn't a great feel for that for Trier Chase, um, but I think he is the forgotten horse in the Champion Chase market, and I think he'll potentially win over Christmas, but he's 16s for the champion chase. Now that for me is just too big. I think there's a, um, maybe he was second last year to Energamin in a race that fell apart a bit and looked like the winner turning in. I think he's come back stronger, better jumps better. I think that he's got two incumbents to the, to the champion chase market who have kind of got there by default from the novice form of last season. But I wasn't blown away by either of them necessarily um, in their, you know, in in, in what they achieved um, in their two respective runs. I, I thought John Bond was not workmanlike, but you know whether he he's got the gears for a really fast run two miles. I don't know. And and El Fabiolo, I thought his jumping was 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 moderate. I just think 16s Captain Guinness 
for the champion chase is a really good anti-post bet um, because I can't see him out the three. And um, I think he's got a genuine chance of, of, of winning that race. And I think he's, he's, he's a horse that I'm looking forward to seeing most over Christmas. Hope he passes his trial and I'll definitely be taking the 16 to one uh, about him for the champion chase. Um, and hoping that, you know, he can, he can kind of, he reminds me a lot in a, in a, in a weird way of, of a, a horse that the, that the stable had special tiara all those years ago where oh, yeah, he slightly yeah. got his act together late and special tiara won his championship at the age of 10 when everyone said he wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just got a feeling Captain Guinness might be this year's champion chase winner. Um, so that would be my anti-post bet for Christmas. Great stuff. Have a lovely weekend enjoying the action. And as always, Bill, have a great Christmas. Yeah. You too, Chris. So this Christmas, it is Saturday in Hong Kong at Sha Tin Racecourse for a 10-race card, and our expert Wally Pyra joins us once again. Wally, I'm sure you've picked out some nice Christmas gifts. They start at 5 o'clock UK time, nice and early. You, you might even see uh, Father Christmas on his travels if you get up that early. <laughs> yeah, he probably just started off from Lapland on his travels around the world. So you're right, actually. He might go past Hong Kong at that time. Um, Ten races, as you say, starts at uh, five o'clock. There's eight races on the turf and two on the all-weather. I have to start again, and this becomes a bit boring, but I've got to start again with this continuing success story of this trainer, Pierre Mm. Um, like he had another five winners since we spoke last um, weekend. He had three. At, he had three at Charlton, two at the Valley. Huh. I looked at his record. He's had. He's now. He's had thirty-seven winners in the current campaign. He's fifteen winners uh, ahead of his nearest pursuer, Danny Shum. Wow. He's had ten winners already this month. He's had victories at the last fourteen race meetings consecutive i think the record in bygone years is 19 i think in hong kong so he's still got a bit of a way to go but it wouldn't be big odds about him overtaking that and even more important he's had a staggering 37 percent of his runners have either won or been placed wow. since the start of the season i think he's had around about 200 runners so to get 37% of them in the one, two, three is just some feat. That really is. Now, he's got nine Raiders at Charting, um, and that includes his prolific winner, I Give, who, in fact, is going for a six-timer, and he's having gone up £34 pounds in the official ratings. Now, he runs in the six furlong handicap at 80, 8.35, He's well-drawn again, but so is his main rival here, Cotton Fingers. Now, £5 better off a head defeat by I Give last month, and of whom James McDonnell, importantly, has been booked to ride and is also well-drawn. So really, if you're going to follow the form book, you should be playing with uh, Cotton Fingers. I've got a a quick word about another horse in that race, uh, Wings of War. That was a former Clive Cox uh, inmate and winner of the Group 2 Mill Reef Stakes as a two-year-old. He's taken an awful long time to 
get acclimatised, but he was better than his seventh place behind these two principal rivals uh, I'd given uh, Cotton Fingers last start. It's his first run for four months, and he looks like he's ready to perform at long last. So keep an eye on him. He'll be a fair price because the, the market will probably be dictated by those two horses. So keep an eye on them. Now you've got the other Pierre mm, performers on show. You've got winning stars in the opener over 10 furlongs, as we said, at five o'clock. That's got a good chance. He's got an improving galloper, uh, Gangham Star, who will be favourite in the 5.30 over six furlongs. And then he's got a, this horse, importantly to me, I think, uh, Fighting Machine, a black booker, when last seen on Hong Kong International Day a fortnight ago, never saw daylight in that race, had various positions down the home straight. And he obviously caught the beady eye of Zach Purton, who rode the winner that day. He's caught and uh, who's now climbed aboard him in the 7.35, the 7 furlong handicap. I would imagine it would start favourite, but the mere fact that Purton has jumped aboard and has got a good record with mm, already says he's got a big chance. And finally, I've got to mention this horse, Frantank, racing, out, uh, racing off bottom weight in the all-weather extended mile contest at 9.10. Former inmate of William Haggis, second on the Topeta surface at Wolverhampton, first time when he first race of his career. Subsequently won twice on the turf. He is now getting closer to a win. And if he adapts to this surface, he's sure to go close. Finally, I've got to mention the main event on the card, the Yan Chai Trophy. It's a handicap over 10 furlongs at uh, 8.05. It features our popular middle distance performers again, Torby and Diamond, 5G Patch, La City Blanche, Rise Brethren, Columbus County, the list goes on. Hmm. But there are a couple of young progressive performers in this race who will be aiming, hopefully, at next year's Hong Kong Classic Series, including the Hong Kong Derby in March. You've got a horse in Sued who won his first two races, was unlucky with a short price behind CP Brave on Hong Kong International Race Day a fortnight ago. He should get the race run to suit. And an equally interesting horse called Awesome Fluke, a three-time winner in Australia, including the, and I don't know what this is, it's, a, it's another derby in Australia, the WATC derby, which was run over a mile and a half in April. He's had two encouraging runs for Casper Founds. I know that Founds thinks an awful lot of him and, and did fancy him quietly last time, although the trip, he just looked like he needed that race with Marrera on. He finished four, came to win the race at the two furlong marker, but finished four. He's sure to run well. Whether or not he's got the experience to cope with these season campaigners, that that's up for debate. But he's definitely a horse to follow in the future. Uh, finally, I've just got just before we close, I just noticed this morning that Hugh Bowman was riding trial work this morning. Mm -hmm. Now, for our avid Hong Kong listeners, they will remember that Bowman fractured of what was he fractured a scapula and three vertebrae on November 11. 
<laughs> six weeks later, he's going to be back race riding on Boxing Day. The mind boggles of that. How these people, how these jockeys can do things like this, God only knows. But there we go. It'll be good news. He'll be back on Boxing Day. Quite incredible. What a, what a recovery such a short time i know we wouldn't be able to make it i'm still i'm still wondering how i'm going to manage it to eat all of the turkey on christmas day so i don't know <laughs> well done hugh bowman uh, wally thanks for, very much as you're always for your contribution have a lovely christmas and we'll speak to you ahead of the first of january meeting at Shartin next time around lovely see you later chris bye well thanks very much wally have a great weekend and christmas and thanks to Bill Esdale for joining us on the UK preview as well. That's all from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. So please make sure that you join us then if you can. Don't forget you can visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips. And you can follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Have a great weekend and have a lovely Christmas. Speak to you soon. <laughs>